Welcome to Conversations with Anne Elizabeth, the podcast inspired by my book, I'm a Registered Dietitian, Now What?, where I have the absolute joy to sit back, relax, and have a conversation about nutrition with a variety of people who share their personal story of passion and purpose, especially registered dietitians. Today's conversation is with Kyleen Bogdan, a registered dietitian who is a certified sports dietitian as well as a functional sports dietitian. Kyleen is a complete joy to talk with because of how passionate she is about her role in the dietetics profession. She has done a lot of schooling. She has a master's in exercise science and her certification in functional medicine and is currently on the forefront of practicing as a functional sports dietitian with the NBA and also owning her own private practice. She is helping athletes learn the roots of their health and performance and guiding others along their wellness journey with a less medication and more healing with food approach. Please enjoy my conversation with Kyleen. All right. Well, I'm excited this finally worked out, but you were a little busy last time we scheduled, just had a lot of stuff going on. So very interesting, all the crazy things that you're doing, but I'm excited to talk with you and I'm excited to hear about how you got into dietetics. How did it kind of get on your radar and how did you pursue the, the, the profession? Sure. It's a great question. So it's funny from the start, even as a child, I was never the kid finger painting uh, and playing with toys. I was the one that wanted to play around the kitchen. I was like, mom, sign me up for that everyday gourmet class they're having at the library, you know, that type of thing. So food has always been an interest. Um, my grandma and grandpa were from Italy off the boat. They came over in 1941. So everything was from scratch. Absolutely every morsel of food. Sometimes they would spend four to six hours a day making food for, you know, even sometimes just dinner. And it's interesting because they lived until they were roughly 90. My grandpa over 90, um, grandmother late 80s and almost zero medications. My grandfather was on a baby aspirin and I thought, hmm, there must be something to this. So then fast forward a bit. I was always involved in sports and I realized when I ate better, I performed better. I thought, this is interesting. Maybe I can make a career out of this. Maybe I should be a sports dietitian because back then it wasn't really wasn't really a thing. It was something I made up in my head. I mean, I'm sure there were sports dietitians, but it wasn't, it wasn't mainstream like it is today. So anyway, long story short, I studied nutrition in college, ran track for a few years and I thought, okay, this is what I'm going to do. And then did you like, was it hard for you to figure out, you know how you're like, Hey, I just, I could make a career out of this. Like, were you shocked at that there was a possibility to study in college and all the things that you had to do to become a dietitian? Yes. Let me tell you, I didn't expect the science classes to be that difficult in college. So that was the biggest hurdle. Uh, no, thank you, but got through that. And then of course, you know, going through the internship was a great experience, but I, I will make note that I was a clinical dietitian for quite a long time, not really by choice, but more of, okay, this was a great opportunity, great learning experience. I'll kind of take this to get my toes wet in the world of nutrition. And then I'll build off of that. And being in Ohio, we didn't really have any sports position, sports nutrition positions uh, 10 years ago. So I kind of just had to make connections, volunteer, work my way up. And then it wasn't until three or four years ago that I ended up in professional sports. So I would, I will tell you the journey was a lot harder than I thought it would be to get to where I am today, but worth it, but tricky. Where did you go to school then for your undergrad and for your internship? My undergrad was the University of Dayton. My dietetic internship was at Tulane in New Orleans. I kind of thought, all right, let me broaden my horizons here. I was born and raised in Ohio, small town, Ohio, and I'd like to see a different world, different culture. And then my master's is actually in exercise physiology. I came back to Ohio and it is from the University of Akron. 
Very good. Well, Tulane had to be fun. That was a fun way to mix it up a little bit. Oh my gosh. The craziest <laughs> year of my life, but the best year. Culture shock, but in the best way possible. <laughs> how did you choose? How did, I mean, was it just, did you have a few different places on your radar to do your internship or were you always kind of set on maybe New Orleans was the place? No, not at all. I just knew that I wanted to be out of Ohio because I figured, hey, it's roughly one year of my life. If I don't like it, I can move back. If I love it, but I'll have built my roots. Um, no, I applied out east. I applied south. I don't think I applied to many internships west, but I applied to Tulane because the weather was better. I heard the food was great. The people were kind and the <laughs> internship had great reviews. So I thought, don't mind if I do. Mardi Gras. <laughs> By the way, Mardi Gras is a very very intense if you've never gone and it's not the most exciting thing when you actually live there but i did i did experience that it was good time <laughs> you did the one and done you're like okay that yes. happened <laughs> so glad i did it but probably won't be doing this again <laughs> <laughs> and then you came back to ohio and did you just choose your masters because you kind of wanted to focus in sports nutrition yes. and exercise so you decided that would be a great complement to where you wanted to go in the future Exactly. But it's so interesting because my preceptors, my mentors said, no, don't do that. Everybody wants you to have a master's in clinical nutrition. Just build upon your skills. If you have a, a master's in nutrition, you can do anything. And while I understood that and definitely respected their opinion, I just felt in my gut that kind of having a combination would make me more marketable in the world of sports. And I would have to say that ended up being true. Maybe talk to us about that a little bit too. Like why... If you're thinking about going into the sports nutrition field, you know, what's your opinion on why you think you should specialize a little bit more? Well, and I know every situation is different and I'm not here to say that that's what your master should be in or that you even need a master's in the first place to be a sports dietitian. But I just think that it makes you more versatile. I think you understand the training demands on a different level, not just nutrition level, but strength and conditioning. And I think it's really helpful to communicate with coaches, especially a strength coach where you'll be working with hand in hand, you know, you understand that lingo and you know it on a deeper level if you do have further education. And I feel that that is why it has helped. I would think so too. Like, I think I, I understand, like you said, you don't want to, you know, disregard anything that anyone else kind of recommends you doing. But I feel like sports nutrition is such a special, it's just like any other specialty in, in dietetics. You have to understand all the different processes and all the training demands. And I think to understand that though, you have to have that schooling. For sure. And I am actually a functional sports dietitian, which is sort of, a, I don't know if I want to say it's a branch or the next level up of conventional sports nutrition, but that actually more than anything is what I feel professional sports they're gravitating towards. I believe that's why I was hired in the position that I'm in. And not that you want to get into that explanation now, maybe you do, but uh, functional nutrition is not really the way I was trained in school. I mean, I was very much trained, okay, this is how we count calories. Okay, someone is sick by the bedside. Here's a bottle of Ensure. Let's, you know, do this. Artificial sweeteners are fine for a diabetic. And long story short, uh, I think my second job in my career, I was an outpatient dietitian at a very well-known hospital. And that hospital ended up uh, creating a functional medicine institute. So the first in the world of its kind in a hospital. And at that time, I was, I was practicing general nutrition, but I just felt like so many doors were being closed in my face when I was trying to get into the world of sports. And I just couldn't figure out why. And I would study the greatest athletes, especially the ones that were into nutrition. And I would look to see who were they going to for their help? Why are half of these people not going to registered dietitians? We're supposed to be the experts. What is this all about? And then I came to find they were doing all this at the time. I thought it was voodoo. And now, of course, I think it's the greatest <laughs> thing ever. But uh, these professional athletes were taking the functional nutrition approach. 
And that is why I applied to work in functional nutrition at this hospital. So I switched departments and that was when everything changed. And it's, it's more of a next level of sports nutrition where you looking at food sensitivities, you're looking at gut health, you're looking at nutrient deficiencies to optimize performance. And that actually, I feel has been my greatest success, not necessarily a master's degree. Interesting. We'll, we'll get, we'll get to that. I did want to know. Um, so you said like during your time that you were, you worked as a clinical dietitian, is mm-hmm. that when you were kind of volunteering your time to get experience? Cause I know like in yes. the, from my, from what I've heard in the sports nutrition world, like you just have to put yourself out there and get experience. So what did that look like for you? Sure. I mean, I'll be totally honest. There were very long days. I mean, I, I, and I was getting my master's at the same time. So clinical dietitian by day, then I'd sprint to class. And then at night I would volunteer at the local rec center or local universities. I'd say, Hey, would you like a team talk on hydration? Would you like to know more about, you know, this or that? Do your, are your athletes tired? And of course, anyone wants free information. So I, I did that for several years. And then I got to the point where I felt I had a pretty good amount of experience and And to the point where I was actually writing my own proposals, you know, a lot of people will say, well, you know, I can't do this for free forever. All right. Well, then sometimes you have to create your own role. Sometimes you have to show that organization sports or not. You have to show them what you can do and how you can help write it out, hand it to them and show them the possibilities. Because many times they, the doors close in your face because they just don't know. Mm -hmm. That's so true. And I think like for diet, for dietitians, regardless of what you do, you have to do that. Like you have to keep putting yourself out there. Yes. And it, and it should never stop. Even when you're wildly successful, it should never stop. <laughs> and you worked in clinical. So you basically were kind of volunteering during and doing your master during your whole clinical experience. And then you switched over, like you said, into that outpatient setting. So what kind of made you mm-hmm. switch and transition from clinical to outpatient? Well, as you can probably guess, I'm a little bit of a talker and it wasn't really working when I was walking in bedside and everyone was intubated. And I thought, okay, this is awkward. I'm, you know, tap dancing around the room here and, and the patient doesn't care <laughs> because I sedated that event. So I think I should, and I just, I wanted to counsel more. I wanted to have patients be able to come back to my office so I could see the progress because you learn by, by seeing progress, what works and what doesn't. And then a really great job opened. And I thought, Meh, I think I'll apply for this. I don't think I stand a chance at getting it, but I'm going to apply anyway. And it did work out and I did end up in that position and I learned so much and it was an excellent base for sports nutrition, actually, believe it or not. Was that, so did you see, were you seeing clients that had, um, what was like your focus then? Did you have all kinds of, of outpatients or did you focus on certain, certain Yes. Things? It was wild because it was a, it was a world renowned hospital. So not only were people coming from all over the country, but they were coming from all over the world and they were back to back slots. I might have an 8 a.m. liver transplant patient. Uh, 9am is bariatric surgery. You know, 10 a.m. is weight loss. And then maybe I'll get an athlete sprinkled in there, you know, one or two or nothing for a month. So it forced me to learn a variety of nutrition recommendations for various disease states. So while it was extremely challenging, I think it was great to ha- to know a little bit of everything. I guess jack of all trades, master of none, right? But it was it was a good thing. Yeah, but that's that's what my days look like. It was never the same. That's crazy. Like, how did you prepare? You know, like I guess I struggled too. Like, how do you pre- give yourself enough time to prepare in between all those different kinds of clients? Oh, it was crazy. I had to show up early, and I had to have the notes already mapped out. You know, they were called smart phrases. So I created my own smart phrases where for this disease state, these are the key points. For this disease state, we're going to do this. 
And I would have it mapped out in the note because there's no way you could possibly do a good job and retain all of that back to back to back. I mean, it was so crazy sometimes. I didn't even have a lunch or a bathroom break. So, um, so that was wild. And, uh, so yes, that, that is how, that's how I got through the days. I had smart phrases already built in and it helped me to learn. It helped me to memorize because I had done that. You'd have, yeah, you would have to, because you'd be like, okay, wait, what am I talking about? <laughs> I just talked about sure. this earlier and this right. now and... Well, and then I had interpreters, you know, people would come from Saudi Arabia. We had big populations from there and then the interpreter would be sitting in. So it was, just, it was just a circus, but it was fun. It was, how long did you do that for? That was about four years. Okay. And did you get burned? Did you get burned out with that? I did. I did. And that was also partly, partly why I thought, okay, I might need to move on. This is an outstanding experience, but I'm struggling. Yeah. Were you done with your master's at that time then too? I was. I had just finished my master's. I've been a dietitian for almost 10 years. So I had just finished my master's when I took that job. Okay. And so then you said that this functional nutrition approach kind of area in your hospital opened up. And that's, did you just kind of feel a calling to that? Is that why yes. it kind of spoke to you like, hey, I think I might want to look into this? Yes. And that's a, that's a great question because it was, it was a calling, but it was also the most terrifying feeling because I, you know, I knew enough to know that the recommendations and the mindset and the testing was so different than the way I was practicing nutrition and the way that I had learned in school. But I also just had this gut feeling that this is the way the world is moving. This is the way professional sports is moving. And for the chronically ill, we cannot just keep giving a prescription for every symptom. And then all of a sudden you have new symptoms from that prescription and then you give another prescription, you know? Mm-hmm. So I could see the world is trending that way. Um, and I thought, why don't I just give this a chance? What do I have to lose? And I just did. I jumped. I ended up with the job and, and never turned back since. So how did you learn on the job? Because like you said, we have not been trained, formally trained no. in Gosh, that no. area. And I think we probably are a little bit hesitant. But how did you learn on the job? How did you get good education? Like, what did that look like for you? Sure. So. If I'm being brutally honest, I am not really a sensitive person. And I was almost in tears every night the first two months on the job because it was so unbelievably different and overwhelming that and to try to comprehend and memorize and learn and read when, like you said, it's not like there are tons of textbooks on this. I mean, there are more now than there were years ago, but and you know, I couldn't go back to my college notes or textbooks or grad school or anything. So A, you learn from experience, right? Seeing patient after patient after patient. Okay. But then part two, I did have an incredible advantage because essentially the godfather of functional medicine was the founder of this department. And just sitting in with, and a few of his uh, colleagues were also incredibly intelligent with, with a ton of experience. So sitting in directly next to them at meetings, I would learn more in an hour from hearing these docs talk than I would after reading six textbooks in college. I mean, wow. so that was huge. And of course they had access to the greatest resources and I could just, I could just text them. I could call them and say, Hey, this patient has this, what do I do? What does this mean? Um, so that was more important than anything. And then eventually I went on to become board certified in integrative and functional nutrition. And that was incredibly helpful. And so then all of that together is, is why I am so confident today. So I did not know there was a board certification in integrative and functional nutrition. So talk to me about that because that's very interesting. Yes. yes. If not, uh, in, IFNA, Integrative and Functional Nutrition Academy. You know, Google, it'll come up right now. The nice thing is that it's all online. 
you can kind of go, you can sort of go at your own pace. I think the time limit is two years. So it probably did take me that long just because I was working and juggling family and everything in between and trying to learn on the job at the same time, which is sure. overwhelming, as I said. But it is incredible. It's the best education I found thus far because after every module, there are tons of evidence-based articles, research papers, case studies. And it was just so nice to finally have that evidence because you know we're not trained this way. So people tend to think you're crazy if you're removing dairy out of someone's diet or if you, you know, I mean, there's so many examples, right? But that is why I love it so much because of all the information they provide at the end of each module. And then you take a, an exam at the end. And do you have to recertify every so many years or is it a lifetime certification? You don't have to retest, but you, well, yeah, I don't believe you have to retest, but you do um, pay to renew your licensure. Sure. Your credentials, you I should say. And they probably have lots of like, CEU opportunities for you yes. to stay abreast of like all the current yes. information and research. They and do it. require that. Mm-hmm. Can anyone do that? I'm sure like doctors, can doctors and like pharmacists or any professional person do that certification? Yes. It initially only anyone could go through it. any healthcare practitioner can go through it. Initially the board certification was only for dietitians, but I'm not entirely sure if that's changed since. Gotcha. Gotcha. So it is recognized by like our professional organizations that it's a definitely legit certification to have. Yes. It's newer, right? So it's mm-hmm. very possible that most people listening to this have never heard of it. And that is why. <laughs> yeah. But, but yes. <laughs> yeah. I, I didn't know that that was possible. I mean, like I've seen like there's different classes and things that you can kind of go to like, you know, I don't know, like conventions or like conferences and things like that. But I didn't know if there was a certification. Or that. That's so cool. Mm -hmm. Yes. So nice. So tell me when you were kind of doing all of this, did did you like become passionate about a certain area of functional medicine or did you just kind of start piggybacking? Like, how can I apply this to sports nutrition and kind of my future career goals? Yes. So I started on, on the chronically ill and then I kind of just took that and then kind of morphed it into what that would look like professional athlete. Because, and people will say to me, Wait, what do you mean? I see that you're working with some of the greatest athletes in this country. But then I heard that my aunt is going to see you and your, my aunt is chronically ill and she's seeing you in my private practice for tonight. Like, what is that about? Because at the end of the day, a human is a human is a human. You would not change correcting nutrition deficiencies. You would not change removing inflammatory foods, no matter who it is. I mean, sure, you tweak it accordingly. Okay. And especially if performance, you know, if they're trying to break a certain time or win a marathon. Okay. Yes. Obviously, that's different than someone with. I don't know, fibromyalgia for 15 years. But at the end of the day, though, it doesn't matter who you are, where you come from. Every human should optimize health at the root and nutrition is the foundation of that. And and I know that sounds like common sense because we're dietitians, but I don't feel like I realized that was common sense until I started practicing functional nutrition, as silly as that sounds. Really interesting. That's really interesting. I'm very interested in this area of nutrition. Being an old dietitian, like I really... I believe you sound like you're like 20, maybe even 18. (laughs) You're sweet. But I think like we need to pay more attention to these different alternative ways of helping people again through food, which is our primary purpose as dietitians. And we need to band together. You can't, you know, rip on the dietitian either way. We shouldn't be, you know, I shouldn't be ripping on a conventional dietitian and a conventional dietitian shouldn't be ripping on someone trained and functional because we all bring great things to the table. And at the end of the day, we should be on the same side. We're all trying to help humans, right? I mean, isn't that why we got into this in the first place? Yes. I always say same team. We're on the same team regardless. <laughs> right. Right. 
<laughs> so you, how did you transition into your future career goals? Because you said you always had that passion for sports nutrition. So being in that outpatient setting, how did you transition from that into working with athletes? hundred percent. So, so I had always seen athletes in my, I mean, you know, in my office, maybe a couple every month, but I just always knew that I wanted to be either in collegiate or professional sports, professional being the ultimate goal, but I realized collegiate may have been a little bit more attainable. So I did actually start working with local colleges. It, it started because some of the local universities had contracts with the hospital that I was working for. So that was, that was great. It was kind of a shoe in good way to practice. And then I was actually speaking at a national conference and I was just kind of saying the way that we teach conventional sports nutrition isn't really that advantageous for an athlete. I mean, obviously it depends who you are, what you're doing, but kind of the way I was trained in school, you know, promoting foods that maybe are full of chemicals and dyes, but Hey, I'm going to give it to this athlete because he's hungry and he's in a hurry and you know, it's enough carbohydrates. So let's just give it to him before this race. And, you know, I just started studying that and, so for example, let me, let me explain it this way. I would see athletes who felt okay. You know, their performance was pretty good. You know, maybe their goal was weight loss or weight gain and they did that, but they still had sinus issues. They still were tired when they woke up. They still needed caffeine to get through the day. You know, their gut was still funky after they ate the team breakfast or whatever. And so that has to be addressed. It cannot just be, oh, let me help you break, you know, your four minute mile or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. Actually, that'd be a very fast person. Be, I do yeah. see those people. <laughs> but hey, that is a real thing. That's actually real. But anyway. So it was more of just, anyway, okay, I digress. I'm sorry. I get really excited about this. So I, I presented this exact information and these, these exact examples at a professional conference. And the physical therapist of the team I work for now happened to be in the audience. And he thought, you know, we're actually looking for someone with this skill set. Why don't you come in and, and talk to us? So that's, that's how I got to where I am today. Oh my gosh. So just speaking at a conference happened to, it was all like happenstance. That person was there, made that connection, mm -hmm. like thought, what you were talking about was really important. And that's amazing. That's exciting. It, but but let, let it be known that I've sent many phone calls, emails, sure. letters to many teams, and then they were either ignored or everyone said, no, thank you for about eight, eight years leading up to this. So six Girl. years, I don't know, but, but yeah, but yes, it was, I think it was meant to be. And it's just, it's a really amazing experience. Well, timing is everything, I think. And people, if they're not open to it at the time that you approach them with it, then they're not going to even give it a second thought, but like persistence is everything. You have to keep being persistent because you never know when that person might be ready for your information or ready for you as a, as a professional. Exactly. You're exactly right. So can you talk about what kind of the day-to-day, -day, like what you do now in your current role and um, what does, what does a work week look like? You also said you do see other people outside of athletes. So do you, do I do private practice. Like what is, what is life like for Kyleen right yes, now? Yes, life is crazy working like a little animal, but it's a very good thing. So by day when I'm working um, with my NBA athletes, it's more of, okay, so we show up, you know, make sure that the great, you know, so I work with chefs. I should have that be known, right? So I work with chefs and uh, we make sure that the meals are on point. I'm looking at menus. I'm helping the chef kind of make sure that we're meeting needs here. I'm behind the blender making recovery smoothies, breakfast smoothies. I, I develop a lot of my own recipes for sports performance. So I develop these magnesium chewables that these guys can have at night to help them sleep better, turmeric shots, all kinds of things. And then maybe in between the blender, I do quick one-on-one -on -one consults, you know, five, 10 minutes here. How are you feeling? How's your gut? You know, I heard, I heard you had a migraine last week. What's going on? Let me see your recall. You know, that type of thing. Uh, usually I'm doing nutrition deficiency testing or something of that nature. I might interpret those results at the beginning of the season. 
and maybe at the middle, maybe at the end. And then again, then I'm back to planning menus for the road and then maybe I'm behind the blender again. And then that's a day. And then usually I'm done somewhat. It's never too late because of their practice schedule. So then I usually go to my private practice and it makes for very long days, but I just think it's so important to stay relevant. People will say, why are you seeing people who are chronically ill if you work in professional sports? But I really think everything applies across the whole spectrum. And I I can learn from that patient with Crohn's. What if one of my athletes has Crohn's? What if one of my athletes was diagnosed with celiac type one? I mean, a million things, right? So it all, it all kind of correlates. And so then in between these two, I do a lot of speaking, a lot of consulting and I work very full time on my blog because I, I want to reach the masses when it comes to this type of nutrition. And I think that's a good way to do it. Yeah. How do you have time for all this? <laughs> oh my gosh. It's, it's the craziest. I have an eight month old human at home. So that's wild. That's, but thank God she sleeps. So incredible discipline. And I haven't turned on the TV in like nine months. So there you go. <laughs> you don't have time for TV. That would just no, distract no. you. <laughs> no, I always joke and say, you should just put two feet in me because it'd be more efficient. No, I'm kidding. But I mean, sometimes I'm not kidding. <laughs> How do you, I think that's interesting that you're, I mean, that you're creating and working with chefs on, you know, different products and recipes and things Mm -hmm. like that, because that takes a lot of brain power just to formulate those as well. So you must have an interest in cooking and that type of stuff. Yes. Yeah. And I don't have a culinary background. So let me tell you, it probably doesn't come as easy to me as it does some others, but it is just, I just also feel that I'm not saying we need to cook for four hours every night, but I do think as a dietitian, you should at least know a little bit in the kitchen. You should know how to make a simple, clean meal for yourself, whether you like it or not. And I know times were different, you know, 15 years ago when I was in school or what, 10 years, whatever it was. But many of my preceptors and my teachers were like, I just eat lean cuisine every night. You know, I eat frozen meals. I, I, don't, I don't like cooking and which is, which is fine. But I just think that we need to look at things from a different angle. Whether you like cooking or not, I think it's important for athletes, for your patients, for clients, whoever you're seeing. So it is interesting. It takes a lot of experimentation, but it is nice to have a full kitchen and a chef to say, hey, no, don't use that. Use this and mix it this way. And, you know, this type of heat is best. So that does really help. Yeah, that would be really nice. I would be like, I have this recipe. Why don't you make it? Let's try it out. Let's right. It tastes and what you think. and. <laughs> Exactly. It's, it's kind of fun. You need to tell me more about these magnesium things. Yes. You should, I actually, it, it was such a fan favorite and I've had so many miracles worked with that, that I, I just put the recipe on my website. Oh, if you, awesome. you want, if you, if you just, if you just go to it's forward fuel, F W D the abbreviation for forward. So F W D fuel.com and just go in the search box, type in magnesium. It should come right up. Message me if you can't find it, but literally I just, Exposed it to the world. Exposed my secrets to the world. So you can look it up. Huge right now and getting people to have good quality sleep. That's a big deal. Oh gosh, especially today with caffeine and blue screens and social media. And it's just, I don't care who you, it's, it's hard for me. That's my biggest vice as a dietitian. It's actually the fact that I can't stop checking emails or else, I mean, I, I won't, I don't know. And that's a problem. So Right. Right. Well, when you have your own business too, like you always feel like you have to take care of your customers and you have to be available. And, exactly. And it, I think all, a lot of dietitians can resonate with that. Well, that's just our personalities, I think. I but think you're right. I'm sure you just see chronic fatigue all the time. So that's interesting that you kind of, and I do love your blog. I've, I started reading it back when we kind of started talking and I'm like, gosh, you put, you put a lot of oh, work thank into you. your blog for sure. 
And it's very important. I'm glad someone notices. It's literally hours and hours and hours of my life for the past year. Thank you for reading. <laughs> I know you feel like you never know. Is anyone reading this? Is anyone right? I, right. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> but if you're passionate about it, I think it's really good to keep continuing it because you're you Agree. know putting yourself out there and you're putting your information out there and someone along the way is reading it. You're just not getting the feedback. Probably. (laughs) Exactly. I mean, and I think it builds credibility, right? And when you have patients or clients, no matter what area you're in, you can say, here, go to my site for this recipe or here, read this article. Does this resonate with you? That type of thing. Absolutely. It's a good follow-up. And you know, people will stalk you on it too. So that's always good. (laughs) It's true. Oh, I love a good stalker. Yeah. So do you see yourself kind of continuing what you're doing now? Do you feel like it's sustainable? Like, how do you feel about the future of of your business? Sure. Uh, Is it sustainable? No, probably not. I mean, will I do it? Yes, because I I love it. I love this so much. I mean, if you ever told me I couldn't live this life anymore, I just, I'm not sure what I would do. But eventually though, the long-term goal is to have my blog reach an international audience and it has a little bit. I mean, it's kind of cool. You can sign in and see people from which countries have, are reading your articles. But mm-hmm. I hope that it becomes kind of the gold standard for functional sports nutrition um, because nothing like it really exists, at least, not, at least not by a registered dietitian. And I, I have board certification in sports nutrition, board certification in integrative and functional. So I figure I might as well try to lead the way here. And I hope that it's just eventually in five to 10 years, it's a place where people go for, for recipes, for articles when they're not feeling well. Um, but then eventually, you know, I hope that maybe that even becomes maybe not a full-time role, but a part-time role to the point where maybe it can alleviate other hours in my practice. So I think that's the long-term goal. Do you have, um, have you created started a network of other maybe registered dietitians that are sports certified that maybe would be interested? Like, I didn't know if there was like a small underground network of you dietitians doing this, or if you are the only one. There's definitely an underground network. I just, and eventually I do, I mean, this is long-term because I don't even have time to bathe myself, but eventually I'm kidding. But the long-term <laughs> goal is that I'll create, you know, modules and training for dietitians to take this approach. I mean, that, that is a huge part of the long-term goal. It's just that time and the effort that it takes that I don't exactly have right now is the reason why sure. I haven't done it. Sure. I think you would be amazing at it though. I think you would, I, yeah, I think that's something you definitely need to keep on your radar because I'm sure there'd be a lot of individuals interested in that. Yeah, I appreciate you saying that. And I, I hope, fingers crossed, right? Yes, yes. We'll have to we'll have to do another podcast in a couple of years and see what you're up to. Because I have a feeling yeah, lots of things great. will change with you. <laughs> it's so true every day. But yeah, that would be great. I think, well, and I think that just the functional approach, I, do you feel like there's more people seeking that out over traditional medicine? There's no question. I mean, the, the the tides are changing. Maybe not, you know, 100% there, but absolutely. When I worked at uh, the former functional medicine clinic, we had a 3,000 patient wait list. If that doesn't tell you something, I don't know what does. And even in my private practice, I have not really had to advertise for patients. And I, I don't mean to say that in a in a cocky way at all. I'm just saying I think it just means that this is what people want. This is what people need. It's what they deserve. Sure. Wow. 3,000. <laughs> That's insane. Unbelievable, right? I mean, yeah. it, was, it was crazy. That is. Well, and I think I I probably feel like the the insurance component, like coverage and all that kind of stuff probably weighs in a lot on that. Sure. That sure. kind of in between functional medicine and traditional medicine. But I think it's great that you're not finding that 
you have to go out and seek out patients either that you have plenty of people mm-hmm. interested. I agree. I'm definitely fortunate for that. And you, obviously it could change you know, the drop of a hat, but I, I think that's why it's because people don't want another prescription. Oh yeah. Oh, it just, it amazes me how many, like you said, just, Oh, well this is going around. We'll give you another prescription. I mean, Oh, I, it crushes my soul. I, yeah, I mean, or, <laughs> the doctor said this, Oh, it has nothing to do with diet. Are you, are you joking? Like you want to see me flat on my chair? Go ahead and say that. Go ahead and say that to me. Nutrition <laughs> is the root of just about every disease. I mean, come I on. Know. I come know. on. And the vast majority of the immune systems in the gut, right? So why are we questioning this? Yeah, that's for I stroke. And then like you just keep compounding medications in the gut. And then it's just the gut is just like, I can't help you anymore. I'm done. And it just right, right. <laughs> yep. Yeah, it's crazy. Well, that's interesting to know. And that's interesting that you're combining two very strong passions of yours together. And you're mm-hmm. rocking it. You're killing it, girl. <laughs> no, but I'm trying at least. You're trying and you're taking care of a little human at home too. So props oh, yeah. to you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Every day I'm hustling, as they say. <laughs> well, I'm definitely going to link your blog um, and then your contact information just for anyone that wants to reach out to you and has questions or is interested in taking a similar journey to you because I think you're you're on the cusp of great things with what you're doing. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. Well, I have some hard questions for you. I always end with my hard questions that are okay. really hard, but why, why don't you share with me some of the foods that you enjoy? Okay. So, okay. I'm a creep. I love cilantro. Like if I could bathe in a pile, I know it's not really a food, right? But <laughs> if I could bathe in a pile of something, it would be cilantro. Uh, number two, my homemade chicken tenders, but their, their breading is chopped up nuts and spices. Fantastic. Ooh. That recipe and no, because I don't, I'm the worst. I don't follow recipes. I just throw things together and I just dance around and I just hope magic happens. I, you know, it's always a gamble, but, but I could create that recipe if anyone was interested. Um, <laughs> so that is, and then I make a fan. Okay. This actually is on my blog. I actually make a really great overnight oats. Uh, and it's a fan favorite with my professional athletes. It's on my blog. If you just type in overnight oats, it'll come up and You'll see that fresh strawberries are in the ingredients, but honestly, my athletes prefer when I take out the strawberries and I put one to two tablespoons of organic strawberry jam. Oh. So anyway, so if you need a quick breakfast, I'm sure everyone's heard of overnight oats, but this yeah. is more of a more like a PB and J variety. So Ooh. that sometimes is, is fantastic. Oh, and then one more thing, I make great cookie dough energy bites for recovery. I, I put the protein powder in the bites and I have them after, or I give them to my athletes after a workout. I eat them too. So that, that that's on my Instagram. Just message me if you're looking for the recipe. Okay. Awesome. Um, share with me some beverages you enjoy. All right. So let's see. Beverage of the moment is the brand is Kavita. I, I have no relationship by the way, any brands mentioned in this podcast, I have no relationship with anybody. It's just what I like, but Kavita is a company that makes kombucha. It's not made from tea. It's more of like a sparkling kombucha and they have a, I think it's called Mojito Lime Mint Coconut. Ooh, it's my favorite. Ooh. So that is my drink of choice. That sounds delicious. I would love it's that. So if you've never had it, you need to try it. Okay. I'm putting that on my list because I love anything mojito and mint oh, okay. and coconut. You, yes. Game changer. <laughs> summer oh. summer drink. Yep. It's fabulous. Um, do you have any do you have favorite color or colors? Oh girl, yellow, canary yellow. I, oh my gosh, my walls are painted canary yellow. My wedding, all my bridesmaid dresses were canary yellow. You probably doesn't surprise you with my, 
vibrant personality, but um, that is not just kidding. <laughs> Everything. I, I'll just buy some. I'll buy a contraption that I don't need just because it's canary yellow. <laughs> is your closet like full of canary yellow clothing too? You know, it was when I was younger, and then I realized, wow, I look terrible in this color. I should stop purchasing this. But at one point, oh yeah, I was like big bird every day. If I could walk to work, if I could go to work and I like a yellow canary yellow zip up jumpsuit, I would. Don't worry, I would. That could be your signature clothing line. I'm thinking about it. Yep. I like it. Uh, do you have a favorite scent or smell? I actually love Magnolia because it reminds me of my time in New Orleans. I had such a great experience in the South that and you always smelled the flowers as they were blooming down there. It's just kind of what it takes me back to. And so anything Magnolia, all about it. That's a good scent. And they're so pretty. They're a very pretty flower. Yes. And then what brings you joy? Great question. So, you know, I think the obvious answer would be, right, being a family and I'm a foodie, so going out and trying the latest restaurant. But but honestly, at the end of the day, I receive so much joy and satisfaction when someone comes to my office, athlete or not, and they say, I've been to 14 specialists. I've had two surgeries. I've done everything I could. I, was, I feel terrible. I feel crummy. I'm tired. My joints hurt. I was told there's nothing I can do about this and you're my last hope. And again, there's, there's never 100% guarantee, but the fact that on a weekly basis, I am able to alleviate symptoms that maybe someone has suffered with for the vast majority of their life. There's just nothing that brings me greater joy, if I'm being totally honest with you. And it's all through, mostly through food. Almost entirely food. Yeah. Well, yeah. Food and supplement, of course, supplements, mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. yeah, that's awesome. And that's awesome that you're in that space to help those people out. I think it's, I think it's important, even as dietitians, no matter what your specialty is, I think we should all kind of be striving to do that you know, in respect to our specialty. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I have absolutely enjoyed chatting with you today and I will, we will have to get together in a couple of years on the podcast, if not in person someday great. to talk about what you're doing in the future. Cause I'd love to know. I love it. It sounds great. Thank you so much for this opportunity. I don't know where Kylie gets all of her energy, but I understand her thought process on putting in the work now to get to a place in her business to have more time to do all the things she's truly passionate about. I'm a firm believer in the power of functional medicine, very much so, and everyone can benefit from food as medicine. So make sure to check out Kylie's blog. She puts a lot of great information in her topics and everything she writes about. And I've linked everything that she's done, including the functional medicine certification in the show notes. My website, AnnaElizabethRD.com, is where you can read my latest Embrace the Hell Yeah blog post, as well as all my previous podcasts, show notes, and links to things we talked about during all my conversations with these great nutrition experts. My book is also available to purchase on my website, and there are now 15, count them, 15 CEUs approved for self-study through the CDR, which you can purchase on the website as well. I hope we can connect more on social media. Find me on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and Pinterest at Anne Elizabeth RD. Remember to be great always, find the joy in each day, and start a conversation that truly matters. <laughs>